Mattress Firm Save Big Sale ends Tuesday. Save up to $400 on top-rated mattresses. Plus, get 0% APR for six years, zero down, and zero due at signing. It's as easy as sign, save, and sleep. And get a free adjustable base with any purchase of $699. Visit mattressfirm.com or a store near you for these great deals. Only at Mattress Firm. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Restrictions apply. Call 1-866-780-6220 for credit costs and terms. For new accounts, purchase APR is 29.99%. Subject to credit approval, valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com slash sale. All right, you're back in the DFSR. It's an NBA podcast, Thursday, February 21st. I'm Doug Norrie, that is... James Davis. We're back from the All-Star break, baby. How was your All-Star break? I want to just give, give me a little real lay of the land. Like, did you do, was just like, do nothing? I, I kind of felt myself doing, I was doing a lot of stuff, but it wasn't anything sports related. How, was, how did you enjoy your like six here, days bud. off? I didn't, know I, was gonna get, I didn't know I was going to get grilled on this. but You knew we'll I was going to ask. You had to have known I, I was going to ask. I didn't, I didn't know you were going to ask. So I went to a potluck dinner last night. It was lovely. Okay. <laughs> okay. We okay. brought a little quinoa dish. It was, you know, met with medium reception, but I thought it was good. Uh, what else did we do over the week? We, we couldn't go skiing because it was President's Day, so that was kind of a bummer. Had some friends over, played in the snow. Pretty bold. Anything else? I don't have a very exciting life. I don't know why you want to bring the bring the listeners in a little window into a day in the life over here. But uh, yeah, when there's no sports, it's pretty much just hanging out. And uh, I, I didn't mind five days of not getting any basketball alerts and like having to like update minutes. I th- thought that was a, a nice kind of like yeah, reprieve. I feel like I'm ready to go back in. I'm also moving, so like I've spent my I spent the rest of my time just packing boxes and just getting. Yeah, that was my that was my full on. Uh, my full-on sweat was whether or not my all the stuff's going to fit into the boxes that we have. All right, we are going to uh, break down a Thursday in basketball. There's a decent slate going here. There's injury news. Uh, you know, we're going to run out of time because we kind of have a hard out of ten. But I, I, I kind of want to talk about Zion. Zion Williamson got hurt for Duke last night, and I was, I had a plan on just going into like maybe like a forty-minute rant on amateurism and like the fact that like tickets for that Duke UNC game were going like being sold in like. I think they were reaching like five digits, like Super Bowl kind of prices to go to this game. Um, and this guy just can't make a single dollar. So I had a whole thing that I was going to go on, but I think we're going to run out of time. We won't get to all the NBA. I'll say that one for tomorrow. Um, hopefully he doesn't. Hopefully by tomorrow we'll know if the injury's serious or not. Did you was, see that it too? It was like a, his shoe burst open. Yeah, well. shoe, so his like, shoe, his shoe blew like open. Putting, it put Nike like Nike is like you know like working to identify the issue it's like a, like there was a plane crash basically it looked um, but god it looked like it the shoe broke it's more more, expen- like- more expensive yeah that shoe like it, it really looked like it was an inside job like someone got a hold of the shoe and like <laughs> right. set it to burst right when he was at his high point of a jump like <laughs> so, just awful yeah so anyway hopefully by tomorrow we'll have an idea and then if he's not hurt i won't if he's not as hurt then i won't go crazy and if he's really hurt then i'm gonna spend part of our friday podcast screaming about this all right um we're gonna break down Today's slate, though, there's plenty of other injury news, NBA related, that we're gonna that's gonna really affect the slate. And actually, the, the main piece is the first game is the Miami uh, Philly game at seven, with Joel Embiid now out for a week because of knee soreness. Uh, they said they, the MRI came back negative, so that's good. But um, you never like to hear this from like big men, like this like general uh, general soreness. Like that's been like a funny term that those used with Jimmy Butler. I'm realizing general soreness, but like soreness on knees and things like that. I feel like are always kind of. Uh, yeah. bad, bad signs, harboring, harbinger of harbinger of uh, maybe worse things to come. But I mean, do we just play four, uh, four? I mean, on DraftKings, you could almost do five of of these Sixers guys today. What are your thoughts here? Do you think we just see Simmons, Butler, Redick to some degree? Boban might start. Like, what are your thoughts here on the Sixers? Mm. We can kind of break down where we see these guys landing in cash games. 
Yeah, we've seen how this works with the Sixers. When Embiid misses, uh, these guys all become fantasy viable at the very least. Uh, relatively small slate. And there are actually some interesting matchups tonight. Like, you have a lot of pretty bad defenses or at least fast teams going. So it might not be as clear. And, and Philly just happens to not be up against one of them in Miami. So there are some factors working against them a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, certainly, like, Simmons, sub-9,000 on FanDuel. Butler around the 8,000 figure. Harris at 71. Like, you, you've seen these guys be more than fantasy viable on these prices in the past. So I suspect you'll see... What do we say? Like at least three of these guys wind up in our final. Uh, well, Simmons and Butler for me for sure. Like Simmons yeah. at eighty-seven, his price has come down a lot enough. He's so versatile too; they can like run lineups with him as like almost like the quasi center at times. That's why it's yeah. he. That's why his minutes are gonna and and they're still in a pretty serious playoff fight here in terms of seating. I think you're gonna yeah. see him play thirty-eight, thirty-nine minutes easily in this game. So eighty-seven hundred no-brainer. And Butler, he's eighty-two hundred, which isn't really cheap on DraftKings. Excuse me, on FanDuel, but man. No one took a bigger fantasy hit than he did than coming from Minnesota to Philly. His sure. usage just completely cratered. Like he, when he shares the court with Embiid, his usage is something like eighteen percent. And when Embiid's off the court, mm-hmm. it's like thirty percent or something like that. He he gets easily the biggest bump. The rebounding really comes up for him as well too. So Butler and Simmons to me are obvious. I mean, Reddick, could you stomach Reddick at fifty-five on a small forward? Um, I, it's not cheap, but and his usage goes up. Everything else about him goes down, um, but the usage does go up a little bit. What are your thoughts on him? He's so scoring dependent. I hate guys that are this scoring dependent at 5,500. He's like the by far the most scoring dependent guy in the league. Could you stomach him? And then, and then we'll talk about Boban real quick. Yeah, I think we could stomach him. I mean, basically, you look at Redick as basically like a kind of a high floor option on a normal night at these prices. The increased shots, I mean, just spreading around Embiid's shots, some of those just have to go to Redick, basically. So I think it raises the floor even higher. And it's also just a question of the position itself. Small forward, at least as far as our system is concerned, outside of the really expensive options. Like, basically, our system puts forth tonight that, you know, Giannis, Durant, and LeBron are all sort of playable. And then after that, it's just nobody. Like, everybody else is just complete and utter dog poop, I'll say, Doug. Hopefully there's no kids listening out there. Don't like the harsh language, but yeah, there's there's some really bad options. So it's it's also a question of that. I think taking the high floor will, yeah, will wind up getting you home a lot of the time. It's not a great matchup against Miami. Uh, Redick, uh, seventy. I had this up. Yeah, seventy-two percent of his fantasy scoring comes from just actual putting the ball in the basket. That's easily the most in the league for guys that have scored a lot of points, like over five hundred fantasy uh, FanDuel points. The next closest is Eric Gordon at sixty-eight percent, and then it really gets down to like sixty-six. 67% for the next. So he's re- he's pretty far above um, the rest of the group on here. And I still think that the shots he's going to see, just the increased shots, are probably enough to stomach. And what are your thoughts on Boban? We don't have, I'm, I'm making the judgment that he's going to start. That's not been reported. So, I mean, with Whiteside here, they do have Jonah Bolden. They have Amir Johnson. Boban had been playing 12 to 14 minutes a game off the bench for the Sixers since coming over the trade. That had been pretty consistent, unlike what was yeah. happening for the Clippers. Do you think, even if he didn't start, like, do you think 15 minutes at near the minimums is enough for him to maybe just get there? I mean, if he started, I think we'd just say, screw it, um, it's a no-brainer. But, um, I mean, what are your thoughts if he didn't start? Like, would you, is 15 minutes enough for him at the minimums? He's he's kind of done it. He went like 10 and 8 in 14 minutes the other day. We've, we've, <laughs> seen, it, we've seen him do it. We, it we've seen, yeah. I don't know if it's just worth the risk. Leaving Embiid all out of here seems like it would give him more center minutes. And I'm at you know, 9 o'clock in the morning right now when we're recording this, I'm kind of speculating. Give me your final thoughts on Boban, then we'll move on. Well, yeah, so my final thoughts on Boban are 
a lot of teams have had a lot of opportunities to play this guy more than 20 minutes a game, and no one has been a taker so far. So <laughs> there's that. Uh, I think that if he's coming off the bench, there's no guarantee that that means he's going to play uh, tons of minutes. He also like doesn't exactly fit in with the rest of the Philly starters in terms of you know like their athleticism, you know their willingness to you know, potentially get out in a break. Like he's not going to be a part of a lot of that. So yeah. you're really hoping for Boban to support you in a half a court set. That being said. Embiid just hasn't missed a game since Boban has arrived. The options that they've used when Embiid has missed games in the past, you know they just can't stand these guys or just don't believe in them whatsoever because oftentimes they just, like Bolden will start and get 14 minutes or, yep. you know, it was like Amir Johnson and they didn't like him either. So they acquired Boban for some kind of reason. Certainly we'll know if he's going to start prior to tip. If he does start, it's a no-brainer for sure. If not, I just want to see how the rest of the lineup comes together. And I haven't actually looked closely enough at what my other center options are tonight to know if there's well, you get Well, Nur- you one. get Nurkic against the Nets, and that's the other that's the other option. Like Nur- Nurkic. Yeah, yeah, seems okay. Uh, well, I had, I had written up the I, I had written up the uh, the picks really early, like Tuesday when like when all the prices had come up, and we didn't didn't think we were going to be too much injury information. And at that time, Nurkic was. Easily the play at center, like, but and it was only the Boban was the only guy that really drew it into the question. You just got to so. believe in the minutes on Nurkic. I guess we can get to that game in a, in a couple minutes here, but uh, yeah, it's it's just for Nurkic mostly. It doesn't come down to the opportunity or even the skill or the fantasy point production per minute. Right. It's just will he play twenty one minutes? Is the the thing you pretty got, probably ought to know before you press plus on his name. So. Uh, Miami side. Uh, Dragic and Derek Jones are both available to play. It's unclear whether they're cleared to play. They've both been injured. Dragic especially has been injured for quite a while now. Um, they did travel with the team, so the expectation is that they are close to returning. Just on that alone, I did. I ended up lowering some of these other wing type guys like Justice Winslow, De- Deion Waiters. I, not like it. T- not much, right? Like it took Waiters from like thirty three to thirty one minutes or something like that. But for a guy like him, same with Winslow, going from thirty four to thirty one minutes or something like that, that just makes a difference at their current price point. So. I do think Philly takes a hit defensively here with no Embiid, and they're just kind of playing, for me, the wrong team. That being said, could you... Let's say they decide to start like a Jonah Bolden or Amir Johnson. Could you see rostering a guy like Whiteside maybe in GPPs, like knowing that they're just not going to get that center defense that Philly has had? Embiid's one of the best defenders in the league. Do you think that Mm -hmm. we have to really... How much do you think we need to adjust just the Philly defensive metrics knowing that Embiid's not on the court? Yeah, I mean, it's frankly less of a question for Whiteside about the opposing defense as it is about minutes, too. Like, mm-hmm. it really doesn't matter. If he plays against Brooklyn but only gets 21 minutes, you don't want to play him. If he plays against Memphis but plays 31 minutes, you probably do want to play him. Right. So it's just, again, comes down to reading the tea leaves. And for, for my money, I've had a difficult time figuring out when exactly Whiteside's going to play these minutes and when he's not. Like in some matchups where you'd think, like playing against Oklahoma City, like you'd think they might need him against Steven Adams. Nah, 19 right. minutes. And then he'll go up against a team like, uh, let's see, well, I guess Indy, Portland, Sacramento, they all have credible centers. But like go up against Denver. They didn't need him against Jokic. Like what? I yep. just don't, I'm at a total loss with how they're going to deploy him. So he'll always be a big tournament option, especially as the price creeps down. You know that the 28 to 30 minute game is coming, but will it be tonight? I couldn't tell you, and with a straight face. Suns go into Cleveland in a game that you're hard pressed to watch, even as the biggest basketball fan in the world. I... Unless you're a DFS fan, you might <laughs> get some value otherwise there. Yeah, there's something to be said for some of these Cleveland. There's probably something to be said for both these teams from DFS standpoint. Yeah. Cleveland is the worst defensive defense in the league. It's not even close. Um, they are well, well worse than than the next closest defense. And then Phoenix, TJ Warren is still out. They are still starting Tyler Johnson and Devin Booker, both guys that before the Sixers news came in, 
both those guys and Sexton going the other way were guys that our system is willing to consider. Give me your thoughts here on one the minutes for the Suns. Like, how much do you trust Tyler Johnson? The usage really hasn't been there, but like, I don't know, a cheap point guard, 4,400. He seems like you could do worse against Cleveland. Booker, maybe to some degree too. And then we can talk a little bit about the Cleveland side. I wrote up Sexton. I'm not completely sold on it with some of this new information, but give me your thoughts on this game. Yeah, I mean, I, I was actually going to bring up Sexton. I think if you're comparing he and Johnson here, I'd probably take the security of Sexton's minutes going the other way. Um, I just think he, like Cleveland has obviously invested a lot in him, believes in him. It's a great matchup. It's a great time for him to show his talents, particularly in a home game. So I actually like Sexton quite a bit. I think Tyler, Tyler Johnson is just like a, a great long-standing enigma for me. Like I'll, I'll just never another guy that I just probably won't understand even after I'm lying there on my deathbed how he could be look completely electric and unstoppable coming off the bench in Miami and then start for a terrible Suns team and score three points in 26 minutes against yeah. the Clippers like I don't know you know I don't I, I don't know what to say about this guy anymore uh, he can actually contribute across the board a little bit like he's rebounding the ball fairly well getting a couple assists but um his yeah, shooting's I, been so the shoot. It's really what you believe about the shooting because like he's been, he's shot so bad since he came over in this trade. He's three for yeah. twelve. He's shooting twenty five percent from three. He's shooting thirty five percent on the season. So and by the way, at forty four hundred, an extra three point made is starting to make a pretty big difference in his price. Yeah. It's not the whole not doesn't make up the whole difference, but you know shooting. I mean, not like he's going to shoot fifty percent, but shooting one point five more made three pointers. Is all is one x basically at his price. So I, I think that, and I know you can't shoot a half point, or a half a three pointer, but the, the, the just the math between behind it, and even from the field, one for six, four for twelve, one for nine. Like he's been twenty four percent from the field. He's just not going to continue to shoot this poorly. So I think that at his price, I'm willing to probably take the risk. And I understand that looking at these game logs, you are hard pressed to make a <laughs> hard pressed yeah. to make a case for it until you see that. Look, it's just the it's just the shooting. The shooting's the guy's just not going to continue to shoot this poorly. He shoots forty one percent from the field. He's not going to keep shooting twenty four percent. And against Cleveland, this is the time you make shots because their defense is just atrocious. Yeah, so, yeah, true. Um, you know, the Clippers, Kings, and Golden State games. That just it just it just is what it is. And then I, I don't mind Booker here, especially on DraftKings. Booker's like in the seven thousands um, as a volume shooter. This is a game where you can he's going to run up against a backcourt of Brandon Knight and Colin Sexton. So that's about as bad defensively as it gets uh, from guard guard defense, I think. I, I, man, I don't know if there's another guard set of guards that are worse on defense than those guys. So, And then what about what about the rest of these Cleveland guys? Would love his back limited minutes. It feels like they dust off the rest of the Cavs. I I mean, Brandon Knight is starting but playing limited minutes. This team is almost, almost a full-blown disaster from a DFS perspective after Sexton. Yeah. No, I, I think I see it the same way. I have basically after Sexton... All the minutes are coming and going. It's a total question mark. You know, Nance was providing value, but like you said, the return of love is uh, cut into that, both in terms of minutes and usage, probably. So I don't think I'm in looking too hard at this team otherwise. Yeah. Um, again, a game that DFS only DFSers could really love. And I don't even know if the fans of these teams could stomach to watch a full <laughs> game of this. Portland goes in and plays Brooklyn. Uh, we mentioned Nurkic a, a minute ago as just getting the best matchup you can get. The the Nets just really, really give it up to centers all season long. That Nothing about their makeup or their style is going to change that. Um, that is just something we're going to see going forward based on their size. I think on FanDuel, I think, I think on DraftKings, I am fine with playing both Nurkic and Boban if Boban started. Because I think Nurk is just in this kind of, just such a good situation. But, um, I mean... If Boban didn't start, would you just would you be okay paying this amount for Nurkic on, on FanDuel? I just it's kind of close for me, and I maybe it's not because this does feel like the game. If thirty three minutes are coming, 
And that is what happens to him when they're in games where they're leading, and or let's say 30 minutes, um, 30 games where they're leading or games that are pretty close down the stretch. That seems good enough. And what were your thoughts here? Would he be, because like you mentioned before, the center options after these guys are just are pretty bad. Yeah, so I was actually looking at deciding between Nurkic and DeAndre Ayton uh, and going the other way. Um, you know, Nurkic obviously has the considerably better matchup, although, you know, with Cleveland's intermingling personnel, it's kind of tough to tell sure. uh, how exactly that will shake out on any given night. Uh, you know, kind of the tail of the tape, Nurkic is $500 more expensive on FanDuel, scored about 1.5 more fantasy points per game than Ayton. Uh, so, you know, that's essentially comes out in the wash. I'd say Aiden's playing more consistent minutes recently, and I think Aiden in closer games, like you know, in a game where it's a one-point spread, it's a pick 'em between these two titans of the league. Um, <laughs> the uh, I'd say his minutes are just a little bit more secure because Portland. I mean, somehow that game only has a one and a half point spread as well. Portland at home going up against the Nets, but Nurkic's minutes just never seem. That's another guy who I just don't know. From back from his Denver days, I, I don't know how coaches perceive him. I don't know when they feel like they simply can't leave him on the court when they can. Uh, 32 minutes is the peak in the last five for him. And, you know, you got several games in the low 20s too. So if Nurkic felt like the only option, I could do it. If it felt like he was going to be a chalk option, I guess I could live with it. And I would be prepared for, you know, what, only one game in the last four did he top four times points per dollar, which means that basically he was an automatic loser for you every night except for that one San Antonio game. So. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm the old look at the game log and explain explain why guy. I know you are, like, I know. And I can do <laughs> and I, it. Can, I it can, can happen squint. every night as far as you're concerned. I can squint and do reason. it with Nurkic, man. I, I can because it's like yeah. Golden okay, State. Here, here we go. Ready? Golden State got uh, just blow completely up. blown mm-hmm. out, and he still went 11-11 and 11 in 25 minutes. Uh, OKC, he fouled out in, after 30 minutes in okay. a close game. Uh, foul trouble is because, and we can look at the game before, Dallas. Yeah, fouls, 6-6-5. Six, six, Dallas, he was, 18 and t- <laughs> he was 18 and 10 in 21 minutes and fouled out. Like, he was like he was just absolutely destroying them and just couldn't stay out of foul trouble. Uh, San Antonio had five fouls, still won 33 minutes, won for 22 points. The rebounds really weren't there. Um, they lost by 10 to Miami, so he got played off the court near the end, and he was in foul trouble. So it's just, it's just fouls, and it's, it's a matter of, I mean, look, Nurkic just fouled out in four of his last ten games. <laughs> fouls are a pro- fouls are a problem for him. I, like, I, there's there's no it's and a that, generous and that, concession. Yeah. It mostly just feels like that's the problem. Like you just run into foul, but it, that can be just a problem for every a guy can just be a foul prone guy. So you can't. I could say I think you could say that about Nurkic based on the stat I just gave you. I should so. just I should just query if this guy's got the most fouls per minute. This guy's he's got to be close. I, he's got six. He, yeah, he's fouled out four times in the last. Ten games. Ten I, games. I literally just said. Oh, that sorry, yeah, time. sorry. I'm, I'm just, I just maybe I was like my brain wasn't forced myself to believe that that's. You can, and he had and he, and he was right at the precipice on a couple more games. Denver had five fouls and San Antonio had five fouls too. So he just couldn't quite get there. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look up. I'm gonna look up after this. Um, where we land on. He's last ten games. He's in February. Here's a good one. In February, he's averaging four point eight fouls per game. That is, it's uh, a lot of fouls. Not that many minutes either. Only it's not like that all season though. So like, I guess you could ask like. You know, did the coaches just tell him to get more aggressive? Did they just say, listen, buddy, we're just going to play you as many minutes as we can, so feel free to just foul out. Like, we don't really care. Uh, because on the season, he's only averaging 3.4 fouls per game, which, you know, seems a lot. Uh, it's still a lot. lot <laughs> still, still a lot of fouls, man. So, anyway. All right. Uh, the rest of these guys, uh, Lillard and McCollum are, are really priced up at this point. You actually don't get a great mat- great wing or guard matchups against the Nets. They do defend. They can switch so well around the perimeter that it's not a fantastic matchup. You really need to take advantage of these guys inside. And I'm just going to sum up with the Nets by saying these are still the Nets. These guys, they, they, Joe Harris wins the three-point contest, and that's about the, the highlight you're going to get from them <laughs> going forward because they just really don't play 
they just don't play enough minutes. It's been a year-over-year-over-year consistent theme for them, and it's just still the case. All right, we're going to take a quick break and then be back talking the uh, 8 o'clock games. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 3.99%, APR 4.08%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate subject to change. Pay 1.25% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Fall is finally here, and so is Old Navy's big fall sale. Get thousands of styles from just five bucks. All your fall favorites are on sale now. Layer up with $5 tees and $10 long sleeve tees for the whole family and stock up on sweaters and dresses for just $15. Plus, save even more with up to 75% off clearance styles. Don't miss out. Hurry in for thousands of styles from just five bucks now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1015 to 1025, select styles only. Eight o'clock game. Boston goes in and plays Milwaukee. Bucks five and a half point favorites here over the Celtics. Celtics getting Kyrie Irving back after the All-Star break. So he is good to go. Probably dusts off all the Celtics value we were getting going into the All-Star break. I mean, it just definitely does. I don't think there's there's no maybe about it. Our system really wants to play Giannis here. And really the question, we, only question we've had about him this season is whether or not he's going to see peak minutes. The Milwaukee just crushes teams on a nightly basis. And that's where his minutes come and go. It's not because I don't, I think the plan is to play him 35, 36 minutes a game, mm-hmm. something like that. And then they just win games by 20 because they just destroy everybody. Do you see this game as projecting close enough that even in a bad matchup for Giannis that we can maybe consider playing him? It's it's close for us on, on FanDuel. It's kind of just going back and forth between him and Durant. I get to not the same price, so there's other considerations in here. But could right. you see just rolling out a lineup of Simmons, Butler, Giannis, and maybe taking some of the cheaper options elsewhere? What are your thoughts here on, on the box? Yeah, I like Giannis tonight. I think, yeah, again, the minutes were always the question for me. Milwaukee, interestingly, five-and-a-half-point favorites here. So, you know, not as tight a spread as some other games we have going tonight. In fact, it's the yeah third-highest spread on the slate, although nothing to be concerned about blowout-wise probably. Uh, yeah, I think Giannis, you can project him for mid to high 30s minutes. I think by and large, he's going to get there. He's kind of somebody who you need to set aside defense versus position numbers for, first oh, of yeah. all, because he can play multiple positions, but also because he's just such a singular, unique talent that, you know, in the way that, you know, say Harrison Barnes isn't, you know, like Harrison Barnes is just like your generic small forward type of guy. Giannis is not that. So I think you look at him and the individual matchups he might have tonight. You know, squaring off against who'd you say, Marcus Morris, something like that. Yeah, probably. Um, like they'll and they'll just throw like tons of switches at him and try to hope him to conf- confuse him. Right. Yeah, they just like hope to confuse him and hope to keep him out of the lane. At like that, like you know, throw Horford at him here and there, or just like dump Horford down underneath. They're gonna. This is why the Bucks are so problematic too. Now they get Miritich because you really can't sag off any of these guys now. Like you're, this team is constructed right. perfectly around him. I know this wasn't, what you, but like the adding just one more just dead-eye three-point shooter is mm-hmm. just going to make it almost impossible to, to, to guard him. Like, it's all—it's already impossible to guard him. He takes—he starts with the foul line. He takes he takes his pivot step, and he dunks. Like, he just like, he just doesn't—I I don't know. So, anyway, but the Boston, more than air team, is, is smart about this. But, yeah, I, I think that they'll try to throw a lot of different looks at him. Yeah, and I'd say that it's close for me on FanDuel between him and Durant because of the price difference on DraftKings where he's— only 10,800 just seems too cheap for his skill set and I'll pro- you'll probably just play him there and not think twice about it cuz he's like the same price as LeBron you're going to you're going to go with Giannis in that matchup I'm pretty sure 
Yeah, 100%. He's in he, right now when you run like 50 lineups on our site, Giannis on DraftKings, Giannis is in every yeah. single one of them. You get Simmons, Butler, Giannis, and then you take some cheaper options like with, like I said, Boban, maybe it's Sexton, guys like this here and yeah. there. Ooh, Harrison Barton's creeping up. I've never seen a night where the Harrison Barton's in one. He was lurking in the back of my memory. <laughs> <laughs> thought he might be around somewhere. Mostly, and, and again, you really, it's, you're hard-pressed to play a lot of these other bucks. Giannis just does almost everything for that team. So uh, short of him being out or one of their other main players, sitting and you get a few minutes out of Brogdon or Bledsoe or something like that. And I think that actually Miritich, more than anything, is going to end up cutting into someone's minutes in a way that we're just not totally sure. It'd be interesting to see what they do because they might just like, they might cut, actually cut into Brooke Lopez's minutes. Like they just say, oh, Giannis plays the five now or something like that. I, I, it'd be interesting to see kind of how they work him and he is still coming back from injury. All right, 10.30 game. We did a, a long break here. There's an 8 o'clock game and then there's two 10.30 games. Uh, Houston goes in and plays the Lakers. And again, before this Embiid news had come out, I had written up Harden as possibly just the play. His price had come down a little bit. The usage is still there. The assists are down. Not sure you can really go there at this point, knowing some of the other upper middle tier payoffs. But give me your thoughts on Harden. Like, where do you see him still? At, do you still see him as viable? We talked a little bit about him with Chris Paul being back and how the, the shots were still there, but the assists weren't. Do you think actually we might just get Harden as a contrarian play tonight because of some of the way the rest of the slate is, is sort of starting to shake out? Yeah, I think as a tournament play, he's reasonable. I think your point about the assists is really a solid one. I mean, we've seen this play out over the course of his last six games. The assist numbers are just off a cliff. I mean, on a right. season, he's still averaging 7.6 assists per game. But in that stretch, he didn't top seven assists a single time. In fact, it's he's only top seven assists you know, twice in his since January 13th. So that's that's not where you want to be if you're going to be penciling him in for being able to pay off a $12,500 to $13,000 price tag. So, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of Harden for cash tonight. I think it's certainly a stretch there. I mean, even just his season averages, which include that absurd stretch, uh, don't have him paying this price in a league average matchup. Maybe it's a slightly better than league average matchup with the Lakers, but the depressed assist numbers, yeah, really have me pretty shook here. So I, I don't, I can't picture myself playing him in anything outside of a big tournament. Yeah, and then the rest of these guys too, with Paul being back, it's you're, you just really can't play these Rockets. If, you, if you're not, if you're not considering Harden, you really can't. After that, you, there's real, almost no one to consider. They are getting Capella back tonight too, and I'm not. He had a hand injury, so I'm actually. Sometimes with these hand injuries, these non-leg-related injuries, the guys can just come back and play minutes. Like, he's not going to be out of shape, right? So, like, it's one thing if you're coming back from a leg injury because you're trying to work your, your body back into shape. But it stands to reason that Capella is still just in close to game shape because he's been able to do, you know, everything else you need to do. So, it'll be interesting to see where we get on Capella's minutes. I, I haven't, I'm being bearish on the minutes now just because we don't know. And at the same time, he could just step in and play 35 minutes. Like, I wouldn't, I... I and I almost kind of want to project him to that because, but I, but I'm just a little gun shy maybe on it because if he, if we did that, he'd actually be close to a cash game play here as well. But I, without news, I'm not sure how I'd ultimately make that decision. Yeah, seven thousand on DraftKings. I would, I probably just play him in cash games if I knew that he was going to get a full. What are your thoughts there? Right? Do you, do you understand what I'm saying with with a hand injury in the minutes? Like it's not. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense to like maybe just take him to like 32 minutes? If that was a case. He'd be in a he'd be a cash game play. Actually, I maybe didn't spend as much time thinking about this as I should have. What are your what, what's your gut call on this? I know I'm kind of just throwing it at you. Yeah, I mean it's uh <laughs> it's always tricky when you try to speculate around how these injuries are going to play out when we don't have a lot of precedent beforehand. Um, yeah, I think at this point I'd be sitting hoping for like some little nugget, uh, and again for cash game purposes, I would have to figure what am I getting in exchange for taking a risk. You know what I mean? And, and I think yeah, right now it's just 
to like I haven't looked at the slate closely enough to know if that's a, a proper gamble for tonight or not. I took him to thirty minutes. And he still doesn't show up on DraftKings, so maybe that's okay. maybe it's not maybe it's not going to be uh, a question worth asking. And then you have the Lakers. You know the Lakers are in a weird spot right now. They are they're two two teams back from the playoffs. They are under five hundred. This mm-hmm. strikes me as a time where. I, I feel like they're just going to have to start playing LeBron 40 minutes a game. Like, I don't really know yeah. what their options are going to be. They can't keep, unless they just don't really honestly don't care about the playoffs. I cannot believe that would be the case. But short of them just not caring about the playoffs, like, do we just project him for like 39 minutes a game? They almost have to do it. Their team is bad after him. Like, I, I just don't like it. Yeah. And this is, this is like not a, a terrible matchup here against the Rockets. What are your thoughts on how aggressive we get with LeBron's minutes going forward? Just because I think that is going to be relevant when it comes to what he can do in terms of putting together a fantasy floor. Right. So this is an interesting an interesting position to be in, I think, because I think you're probably right. I mean, you can look at the recent game log and see, you know, 40 minutes against the Clippers, although obviously there's some additional motivation there. 43 against Atlanta, you know, 37 against Boston. You're seeing that the Lakers are willing to play LeBron big minutes when it comes down to it, which... You know, he, he, for the same guy who missed a lot of time with injury, you know, they want to be cautious with him, but they also want to uh, deploy him. I think that the Lakers are not as bad as they have been recently. Like the fact that they're three and seven in their last 10, in spite of LeBron's return, is not going to be their expectation going forward, no matter how grumpy the bench guys are about, you know, the fact that they wanted to get traded or whatever. Just the sheer amount of talent that LeBron brings ought to be enough to put them in contention. And I think you still have serious concerns that being three games out of a playoff spot doesn't sound like that much. With That's whatever a ton. It is. It's a ton, That's, yeah. yeah. And, but by, and I know you know that, but I, I think our average listener might not understand that overcoming a three-game deficit over the course of 23 games, absolutely doable and not easy whatsoever. So they like the math people in their organization are sitting there being like, we can't, you know, have any schedule losses here. Like every game, right? We have to go all out. So I think you can expect them to to do that tonight. So yeah, I think LeBron playable. I think you keep an eye on it because he's already pretty expensive. Like I don't know if you're really just like getting away with murder in cash games playing him at eleven seven or anything. Even if he does play thirty eight minutes, but we could be prepping for, especially after the All Star game break, of one of those LeBron runs where he just you know, just does everything for two weeks and all of a sudden they're tied for that last uh, playoff set. They really need to make hay with these wins too because I actually just looked real quick at their schedule going forward. They have a nice, after this Houston game, they do have a, a somewhat easy run, New Orleans twice. I mean, depending on what Davis is at, it's Memphis, then Milwaukee, right. but then Phoenix. But man, at the end of the season, they need to get all their wins now because their last seven <laughs> games of the season are Utah, Charlotte, who's going to be actually playing, they're going to be playing for it. Uh, New Orleans bad, but then they go OKC, Golden State, Clippers, Utah, Portland, and all those teams are going to be motivated to win. Like they need to make, they need to get all their wins out of the way now. <laughs> I, I, they can have it locked up by then, but yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess depending on where Denver, like how how Denver keeps playing, it'll be interesting. Anyway, their their schedule gets more West heavy as it goes like near the end, and that is going to be a problem. I did write up Kuzma. I do think that of all the the complimentary guys around him, Kuzma. Just his usage rate has been through the roof since LeBron's been back. Uh, this is exactly the guy that they kind of like need making three pointers. I think that I want to be very aggressive with his minutes too because he's a guy that can just stay on the court against the Rockets. I'm not sure about the rest of these guys like the Reggie Bullocks and JaVale McGee's and even Brandon Ingram, who it's clear that there's something just like not right with him and LeBron here. But um, so Kuzma's one other guy that I would be willing to probably run out there in cash games. I'm not sure about the Lakers, rest of the Lakers, unless Rondo uh, found his way back into the starting lineup, which I'm not positive that's going to happen either. All right, final game, Kings. Warriors, Warriors 13.5 point favorites here over the Kings, who actually are the team that is right above the Lakers in the Western Conference standings. 
13 and a half points, is that enough for us to just take our Curry, Thompson, Durant, and I mean, not Boogie, he's at a minutes limit, and Draymond and just give them the blowout minutes that we sometimes have talked about here, 34 to 35 minutes on these guys? Because if that's the case, then we probably start taking these guys out of cash game considerations. Where do you want to land here on the Warriors uh, minutes? Yeah, I mean, every time I'm in a position like this, I put them at 33-ish minutes, uh, just based on what I've seen from the Warriors over the years. I think that tends to be pretty right. I think that obviously for big tournaments, they're going to be playable. Uh, We've seen surprising teams keep it close with them, and the Golden State not be super shy about just leaving the guys in. Like when they played Washington last month and Durant played 37 minutes. Like, you know, this is a possibility. Uh, The Kings play fast, generally bad defense as well. So not to say like you just need to ignore these guys for every single kind of format. And, you know, in a lot of these cases, like we talked about Durant versus Giannis, I think it's easy to give a tiebreaker to Giannis given that his game is so much more meaningful for a number of reasons and rates to be closer. So that's kind of how I would look at these guys. If they were the only option available, I could think seriously about it, you know, in like the Curry and Durant department. And where it was close, I would give tiebreakers to the other guys on the list. So. Yeah, I think that pretty much sums up my thinking too. If you want to take a GBP shot on the Kings side of the ball because you think they keep it close, uh, then, I mean, even like Harrison Barnes has been can play enough minutes to get there on his price. Guys like Fox, I, I did actually write up Buddy Heald because he'd be a big, for me, he'd be a big reason why they'd stay in the game. He's a, he's just turned into a good player. Uh, he's one of the few Kings that you can actually aggressively give minutes to. He's been excellent shooting this season. Um, and if there was a reason they were going to stay in the game, I want to attribute I would attribute a decent amount to a, a narrative that healed is just like a guy that gets hot from three or something like that. So, um, yeah. but like, this probably ends up being a little bit more GBP only. All right, we're going to get out of here. DFSR.com slash deals is going to get you, the podcast listener, a uh, premium membership, a premium subscription to our membership package, which includes optimal lineups from FanDuel and DraftKings. It includes uh, pre- members only chat where we're there in there every night talking NHL, talking NBA, leading into lineup locks. It covers our NHL optimizer as well, which Chris Durrell held down over the course of the All-Star break. Like I was, I said he was putting the Lord's work with the chatters in NHL this week. Um, so he go go, <laughs> go 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 and check that out. DM it's like one of those people running the uh, like you know the local like drop-off program for all the kids whose parents work during the February break. Oh, that's a great like, call. That's exactly. You do what not it was. know what you signed up for, my I friend. Ju- I jumped in the chat a couple times and saw what he was answering and I just like I just I was g-chatted and be like god bless you brother uh, I was like I was like I wish I could help and answer any of these NHL questions I can't you're doing a great job keep up let just know that one sane person is giving you the credit you deserve all right uh dfsr.com slash deals we'll get you started we'll be back again tomorrow for Friday's NBA uh all right buddy I'll talk to you tomorrow peace Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's largest mortgage lender. Let's talk credit card debt for a minute. If you feel you're carrying too much of it, you're not alone. The average household in the U.S. carries over $8,000 in credit card debt. Ready for some good news? With a cash-out refinance from Quicken Loans, you can quickly and easily put some of the equity in your home to good use by paying off a lot of that high-interest credit card debt. A great way to take cash out is with our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 3.99%, APR 4.08%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN to learn how taking cash out with a 30-year fixed mortgage might be the right solution for you. And for a record nine years in a row, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination. 
Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. For J.D. Power award information, visit jdpower.com. Rate subject to change. Pay 1.25% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Fall is finally here, and so is Old Navy's big fall sale. Get thousands of styles from just five bucks. All your fall favorites are on sale now. Layer up with $5 tees and $10 long sleeve tees for the whole family and stock up on sweaters and dresses for just $15. Plus, save even more with up to 70 percent off clearance styles. Don't miss out. Hurry in for thousands of styles from just five bucks now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1015 to 1025 select styles only. 